Hello and welcome to Film School for Dad, the podcast where I attempt to catch up my old man on a lifetime squandered on serious pursuits and altruistic activities that somehow managed to overlook pretty much all of popular culture. I'm Harv. Yep, and I'm Dad. And what are we watching today, Dad? A film called Eight Mile. That's right. And you have no idea what that is, do you? Never heard of it. (laughs) All right, let's go. Eight Mile is a 2002 musical drama directed by Curtis Hansen and starring Marshall Mathers, Kim Bassinger, Mackay Pfeiffer, and Brittany Murphy. May she rest in peace. Sounds pretty legit so far, right? Hard to tell. Okay. (laughs) Eight Mile is most notable for being the acting debut of Marshall Mathers, on whose life the film is loosely based, and I say loosely with inverted finger quotes. Um, He also served as the co-composer of the film, the soundtrack of which spawned a number one single and won the Oscar for Best Original Song in a Motion Picture. It exposes a world that most people have not experienced, perhaps why you haven't seen it, and does so in such an evocative way that it serves to demystify a lot of the standard cliches of the musical culture in which it takes place. It mixes the emotional sensation of a classic musical with that of a classic sports film. And if that doesn't get your eyebrow raising dad, I don't know what would. So that genre that I'm talking about, the musical genre, hip hop music, and the acting debut that I mentioned, Marshall Mathers, his other name is Eminem. Have you heard of him? I've heard of Eminem. There you go. And I bet you hate me for this right now, right? Um, I'm apprehensive. Yeah, there you go. I knew that would get you spiked up. That's why I left it to the end. Well, first of all, what do you know about Eminem that, that makes you feel apprehensive? I... Very little other than that he's um, very famous, they call it hip-hop artist, do they? Um, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good way to put it, actually. If, if that's what he is. He's been a bit controversial, but I couldn't tell you precisely why. Well, you'll see some of it in the movie. Mm-hmm. As I say, it's loosely based on his life. Uh, but they only put the loosely there so that they could have creative license to make it. He's still alive, is he not? Yeah, he's still going. Yeah. He's roughly my age, I think. Right. Or a little bit younger. But yeah, um, yeah, he's, I I sort of grew up with him being a similar age to me and Mm -hmm. um, liked his music right from the start, was introduced by a little bit by Rodders and a little bit by um, a guy that I worked with. He was a bit of a pioneer, wasn't he, in terms of hip hop becoming um, popular? Yeah, he he basically his thing was fusing rap music with uh, pop music, basically. Mm. So made it sound more appealing and uh, more accessible to the masses. Right, rap rap was um, the word I was looking for before. Yeah, I, I was actually just going to say. Yeah, I was actually impressed that you used the term hip hop yes, instead but of I, rap. I use it not knowing what it meant. No, as yeah. an alternative for the one that you couldn't think of, because yeah. most people don't know the difference between rap. Well, and you'd hip-hop. already used it. That's why I resorted right. to it. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I, rap was the word I was trying to think of. I know him as a rap artist. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. 
And you know, what would you say is the difference between rap and hip hop? If or, or do you not see a distinction? Or oh, I, I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think so, they are pretty much the same sort of thing. I, you know, different styles within the same genre. I would have thought, but um, um, you've just explained it anyway that it's yeah, somewhat it's, of a cross with the hip hop was really the culture, right? It's okay. the um, if it's cross slapping bitches and gangsters and all of that sort of stuff and yeah. wearing baggy uh, pants and that's all associated with hip hop. And rap to me is just the form of the music. It's just mm. uh, using uh, spoken word instead of melodic singing. That's mm. to me. That's what rap is, which I think is a fantastic thing, and I think everybody should love it. But it's been kind of destroyed by the fact that most of the people who do rap do like that kind of aggressive gangster well, rap talking about a, shooting people and they stuff. They have a filthy tongue. Yeah, and there's a lot of swearing. There doesn't need to be though for it to be rap. Anything well, could be rap. That's what turns someone like me off it. That's right. Yeah, but it's actually a really good form. You know, and as you know, I've done a little bit of rap. <laughs> I don't know if you heard any of it, but um, on the YouTube channel. So, you know, and there was swearing, but I wasn't talking about slapping hose. Not interested in that. Well, we'll see because um, you're going to hear some during the movie. So uh -huh. but it's got Kim Bassinger in it. You like her, surely? Uh, yes, I think so. I can't. Uh, would I have seen her in a movie? Nine and a half weeks. Was her most famous movie that was like a real, uh, like a bit of a sex movie? Don't think I've seen it. No, I would, I would hope no. not. No, 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 that's it's a bit dirty. And um, what else is she in? She oh, she was in L.A. Confidential, which is the same director, and that also starred Guy Pearce, and it also had the other Australian actor in it. What's his name? Um, who was in Romper Stomper? Russell. No, uh, Russell Crowe. Crowe, yeah, Russell oh, Crowe. That's it. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's a legit movie, legit director tackling the life of a maligned hip hop artist. And I, you know, I, I find that really interesting. I was a fan of his though. I was always going to watch it. So I guess the experiment here is what would a non fan get out of this movie? Because it follows the very conventional structure of, of a musical, like there's actually musical performance in the movie. So it's a musical. Mm. There's no other way to look at it other than it's hip hop music, but it's still a musical. Mm. And it's also about 50% a sports movie because it involves competitive performance. Oh, yeah. So it's got that structure too, which to me is like a double whammy. It's, well, a whammy is a bad thing, isn't it? But, you know, like a double positive because it's like it can't really lose. Well, my thoughts at the moment are, has it got any tuneful music in it? Yeah, of course, there's tunes. Yeah. There's tunes in there. Yeah. It's just in the music, not in the lyrics. The mm. lyrics are delivered as a rap, obviously. Yeah. Um, and even some of the lyrics are a little bit melodic. I mean, it's, but it's more the rhythm. Right. Rhythm's a big part of music too. So, Of course. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, no. I, I, I don't mind some of the, you know, I can't think what they are, but some of the better known rap songs going away along in the background are not too bad. What if, uh, what, you can't think of any that you've heard? Oh, I, I know them a few of mention them but no I, I, there happens I don't to, know the titles of any <laughs> yeah well there happens yeah. to be one that I'm almost certain you will have heard on the radio yeah uh, which is the single that came out of this and, oh, and I, would, I would definitely have heard Eminem on the radio oh definitely. yeah if you can't avoid yeah. it yeah. Yeah. yeah turn it on now you'll hear him probably yeah. um, but this one it's well I listen to smooth you know I don't think he's on smooth this would be you reckon this is a pretty um 
I doubt I've ever heard him on smooth. It's a bit of an, a sort of an inspirational yeah. anthem. It's not, but it's not, um, it's not really aggressive or anything yeah. like that. There's no swearing, I don't think, or if there is, it's pretty mild. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a thing. It's a, it's a song about you know designed to inspire kids to follow their dreams. It's you know, okay. it's a really um, nice message, and it's not very you know, oh. Eminem at all. Or certainly not like his reputation. But everything that he's done, or that he did around that time, was sort of going in that direction. He was very mild. He was starting to mature and sort of. Mm-hmm you know, think about his influence on kids and things like that and go, oh God, the things that I said when I was younger, I just really regret them now. Mm. So I think that was all part of why this movie came about. Well, I don't mind that. Yeah. No, I think you'll be surprised Mm -hmm. by how it comes across. And uh, of course, Brittany Murphy, I don't know if you're aware, but she um, passed away a couple of years ago, a year ago or so. I've never heard of her. Very young. So, well, just be aware of it while you watch her performance. It, it wasn't her last one, but it was um, one of her more prominent ones while she was alive. She's a well-known actress, is she? She was up and coming, I think you would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was an up-and-comer, but yeah. I don't think she ever really sort of I peaked. I haven't heard the name either. Yeah, she's pretty interesting. So, I don't know. I reckon we should just watch it. I want to. I just want to get to it. I, you know, we, we could fill in time here, but what for? When? Uh, let's get we on could just it. be watching the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's watch Eight Mile. All right. Well, we just watched Eight Mile. Yeah. Didn't think I'd ever say that, but me and Dad just watched Eight Mile. First impressions. Let's hear them. Oh, I found it very interesting. Okay. It was. Um, Interesting because of the um, social setting in which it was made. I was fascinated by that. Mm. Spent a lot of time looking at the background and the buildings and the cars mm. and the shops and it's, uh, the general. It was all uh, shot on location, apparently. So yeah, yeah. the general uh, bleak uh, neighbourhood in which it was set. Mm. You know, it was very powerful. I thought not dissimilar to where we are now. Really, maybe no. twenty years ago. A little less uh, economically uh, prosperous and uh, possibly a little bit more dangerous. And never, never as bleak as that. And at, with uh, a lot point. less talent <laughs> coming out. Never, never as bleak as that. You don't think so? No. Uh, you think nowhere in Australia? There's something uniquely bleak about a suburb that's died. Um, as, yeah. a, as again, uh, um, you're talking about um, Footscray and in a Melbourne, which has always had tremendous character, even if it hasn't been flash and even if um, it's been, you know, a working class suburb as it was initially. Mm. I don't think it's ever uh, looked or felt as bleak as that place. No, I'm, I, I'd be facetious. I mean, I, yeah. I you know, if people, I'm talking more about, I'm sort of making fun of the reputation that it has more than. Uh, you, you, the way people talk about Footscray, you would think mm. it's like Detroit in that time period. Well, it includes you know part of the wharves and 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 all of that. Mm. That's where a lot, True. Of, a lot of the workforce worked on the wharves in, in the meatworks, um, mm. in the obviously in the manufacturing plants. You've also got the the thing about on the different side of the tracks too. It kind of yeah. applies to Footscray. This side of the tracks is but um, a little al- place always a very proud place. A uh, place mm. that held, has held its head high, obviously changed a lot now, but that 
history still is very much um, alive and well and, um, and and vibrant in 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 place like Footscray. That neighbourhood to me just looked totally neglected and bleak. Yeah, I don't think Footscray's ever looked neglected. I don't think we have abandoned houses and things like doesn't that. Doesn't matter whether here. the paint's yeah. peeling off a few places, but no. There's a difference between uh, the soul having been taken out of a place, which is what that looked like. Mm. There was some, um, obviously, some um, character left in, in in the people, as you mm. would expect and hope. Mm. Uh, but their lives were not tremendously uh, inspiring or um, going anywhere. No, that's right. There's not a lot of hope except getting that's out. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's something that I can relate to also. Yeah. Having lived in the Philippines, all they talk about is yeah. getting out because there is no real prosperity in the country. Yeah. Or at least that's their perception. It's actually doing better, but yeah. Yeah. So I found all that very interesting and, yeah. and very well done and compelling. It's a setting for the whole story. I found uh, Eminem um, um, quite a complex and interesting character couldn't really put my finger on what it was. It was, um, obviously it was something to do with the white skin, um, living that culture, but, you know, he clearly had a lot of dignity and um, integrity in, in uh, the way he lived his life and was living his life in the face of, you know, pretty decent adversity. Uh, so I found that all... Um, interesting and it's not a movie you would show to kids because of the swearing and uh, some of the themes but at the same time it's almost a parable in the message of the movie the way i the way i read mm. it anyway in that it's really saying the way to fight is not with your fists it's with the pen i mean this classic stuff in there that's that could only actually happen in that environment it like there is no expression that we have here mm. Uh, that we could replace with, you know, that we could replace violence with, like like they do no. in that movie, you know, where he sort of just says, well, we'll just battle him on the stage. So, you know, having yeah. that outlet, it's a really interesting creative outlet and, and the way what was happening in their lives would feed what would happen on the stage. I just find that really fascinating mm. as well. And it's a kind of a, a bit of a hokey sort of weird well, a bit portrayal of it. It's a bit, manipulative at times. It was almost about survival, I felt, because um, yeah. if, if they hadn't learnt to fight with words, um, they'd be beating each other to a pulp every night. Exactly, and, yeah. And uh, that allowed some element of restraint, but it didn't mm. take away the temptation to use physical violence mm. pretty regularly anyway as a way to settle a score and all the rest of it. Well, maybe leading by example, mm. Eminem would sort of change that culture. So he fought his way out with words, largely. That's, yeah. that's right. That, that was clearly the central message of the, yeah. the whole thing. Words and, and uh, a bit of a brain. I mean, he, he, he sort of looked like he was only half there half the time. <laughs> he was sort yeah. of a bit blank. Yeah. Uh, and you wonder what was going on in there. Yeah, I think he so was going he sort for of brooding. sort of gave the impression that something was going on. That's but, right. Yeah, but you never actually heard much about what it was. Bit of a wordsmith in that final yeah. performance, though, especially the final set of it, I think. The um, cleverness of uh, 
saying all the things that his opponent was going to well, say before he had a chance to say them and well, that kind of stuff. Basic debate tactics. but Clearly that was um, a very clever thing. Well, clever enough, yeah. Clever thing to do. I assume that's based on what happened in a real-life situation. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily I say mean, I took it that. as biographical to some extent. It is, but it's, I think it's representative. It's not like, you know, he have actually ever said those particular things or had those particular uh, opponents or anything like that. Like some of the guys who play the free world guys are his yeah. friends in real life, so yeah. uh, they would never have been his opponents. Yeah, I I don't know. I've watched those that last those last three battle scenes probably a hundred times. Yeah, on YouTube and stuff, it fires me up. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I get a lot out of it. It gets better every time you listen to it. But taking someone's ammunition away um, mm. in a situation where you have to go first is it's a bit of an old trick. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't get the impression yeah. that they did it a lot, though, because they were all pretty impressed no. by it. No, no. <laughs> so, no. Well, it was clear. It was more to do with attack than defense, right? Yeah. Yeah, clearly unexpected. So what did you think of, like, that kind of art form, though? Um, did it give you more of an appreciation of where rap comes from and, and sort of what it means? Yes, I fe- I, it did, really. Mm. Uh, it did. Um, it doesn't make it any more appealing to me or anything. No. Uh, the whole idea of that sort of words in the bear pit is, um, I don't know, you'd have to go back to sort of Shakespearean times. I suppose I was imagining that possibly that's a bit like when the Shakespeare plays were first done in the the local theatre, that it might have been, you know, most of the audience wouldn't have been sitting down, they'd have been standing up like that. Yeah, cheering and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it might have been a bit like that when... when, uh, you know, Beth and Othello and mm. Hamlet and all that. Um, when the bad guy gets his comeuppance that's right. and all yeah, that's that stuff. Like you can imagine those stories with a bit of a bit of a, a, a rowdy crowd like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not. I think all art has commonalities. So you know, it's it's a, it's a cultural expression mm. of the same emotions, right? Yeah. So of course, it's going to have commonality with things like st- stage musicals and whatever else, whatever other. Mm. Toffee things that we've uh, dreamt up <laughs> in our culture, yeah. Yeah, if you can call it that. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's um, I, yeah, I just I really enjoyed it, I, and I enjoy the music as well, obviously. So for me, the music isn't off-putting; it's a feature. But for you, I guess it's you know, is it, well, is it just noise in the background? I was about to say it was it was quite um, wasn't uh, offensive to the ears. Mm. Um, and and I found my foot tapping a few times. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Because yeah, there's a bit of a rhythm to it. Yeah. No. That's yeah. all. It's all about the rhythm. Yeah. And 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 the use of words, something that I, you know, like to uh, dabble in myself. I found quite uh, quite fascinating that it wasn't. If you hadn't mentioned the musical element, I, I mean, I wouldn't be really thinking it was like a musical. No, but it is, right? But I can see it is like you saw yeah. the credits at the end. There was about forty songs. In oh it, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're all real songs yeah. and, and classic hip hop songs. You know, well known mm. um, yeah. and, and well liked. Yeah. Uh, the backbeat, you know, the backing beats that they use, and that, that would be Rodders, by the way, doing the record. That's record, right. The background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, those beats that they use were, you know, genuine things that they would use during yeah. the time, and yeah. they, they were backing tracks for 
really popular music at the time as well. Yeah. Yeah, I actually thought a couple of times, it's like, I wouldn't mind having a crack at that. Yeah, it'd be fun, right? <laughs> that's throwing, why. That's throwing, why I've done it. It's throwing like, the insults around like that. There's there's a thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a th- sort of a buzzword going around at the moment called cultural appropriation, which is like right. when a white person goes and takes a black art art form yeah. or a Hispanic art form or something, and then they go out and say, "Oh, we did it better," you know. Mm. We, uh, here we yeah. are, and I'm kind of, you know, I mean, I get it. It's it's someone like me shouldn't be doing something like what no. those guys are doing. They're genuinely Cool, and they come from real pain. Yeah, and here I am complaining about having to go to university or something, and it just yeah. doesn't seem the same. But as I said when we were talking about rap before, it's just a form to me, and it's a it's it's a form that emphasizes words. And I'm a person who creatively emphasizes words generally, mm. so it really suits me. Like <laughs> mm. I find when I start thinking down those lines, you know, I can come up with some real zingers. Yeah. So yeah. you'd probably be good at it too. Eventually, if you started rapping, that'd be uh, oh, well, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've done a bit of humorous poetry and stuff, and I it's the same thing. Think it's almost exactly the same thing, and it, it does tend to flow out pretty yeah. naturally. Really? Uh, yeah. You should have a go at it. Uh, what would maybe, What would your rap name be? Um, <laughs> might be a bit old for for getting into the rapping, but uh, I'd have to think about my name. That's one thing um, intrigued me out of that. I didn't get any hint. Where did his ultimate name Eminem come from? Oh, nothing. It's he was playing a fictional character, but it's it, it was just um, the same as his life. Basically, his mother was similar. Yeah. His I don't know. Yeah, he had a sister like that. I think yeah, you know, like his family and upbringing. Yeah. But it was representative. It wasn't supposed to be because I think they would have faced um, liability, legal liability. Yeah. Uh, portraying some of the characters that way and whatever. Yeah. He already had legal situations with yeah. his mum and yeah. stuff like that. I think she was suing him for defamation or something. So yeah. um, I think they just wanted to distance him from it and say, no, this is a fictional tale that's loosely based oh, on yeah. events in Eminem's life. So, yeah, the name is uh, – he didn't have that name. I don't know if he was called Yeah, but Eminem. Do you know where his name came from, his stage name? Well, his real name's Marshall Mathers. That's two M's, M and M. Ah, I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. M and M. I, I assume that's the evolution mm-hmm. of it. He's also, uh, like his first album was released under a name, Slim Shady. It wasn't M and M. Okay. Um, and that's, it's actually very interesting if you listen to all of his albums in sequence. There's a progression of the character that he portrays. So M and M is his real self, but mm-hmm. still celebrity. Mm-hmm. Marshall Mathers is his real core personality slim shady's his gangster persona right. who's crazy and will say anything and insults celebrities all the time and things mm. like that so when the slim shady album came out he was playing that character and mm. all rappers play a character from what i understand there's always a okay they're not saying things they really believe they're just saying things that are derived from their lives sometimes but exaggerated or portrayed as a from a point of view, so mm-hmm. so it makes it interesting as well. It's like reading a book that's from a point of view of a protagonist who mm. is, um, you know, weird or whatever. Mm. Okay. It's the same idea. So, it's, so you thought Eminem can act? Because um, he he did get some criticism for it, but most people were like, "Oh, that's better than I thought he'd do," you know, because everyone thought he was very egotistical and. I don't know. But I don't know what he's like in 
off screen, but in that um, movie, mm. um, as I say, it was a minimalist acting performance. I mean, yeah, he didn't. He certainly wasn't overacting. No, uh, and um, it was just intriguing. He, to me, he was just um, coming across as like there was a lot of lot going on in his head, and he was um, um, sort of one step ahead of things. There's some weird moments in the movie, which even I can't work out what the motivation is. Like mm. when he jumps out of the car and goes and attacks Whoa. those free world guys, yeah. just out of the, it's almost out of the blue. Like you could see there were things leading up to the emotional state that he was in mm. and he went and just took it out on them, I guess. But it's, yeah. But I mean, did he see something that annoyed him or not? I'm not sure. Just the fact that they were there. <laughs> I'm not I, sure. I couldn't work it out either. Yeah, it's it's a I, weird at the moment. time I thought he's he'd seen something, but I'd missed it. No, no, I don't think there's anything unless I miss it every time as well. And I've seen mm. the movie a few times, so mm. um probably not. You never know though. Yeah. I'm pretty dim sometimes. It wouldn't do much for tourism in Detroit, that uh, movie. I don't think much would ever do anything no. for tourism in Detroit. As I say, I, not these days. I went through the airport once and mm, not these days, but uh, you know has had better times. Yeah. It is sad to see though. I mean, that you know, to um I think a lot of those manufacturing plants that you see mm. in the movie shut down afterwards and mm. I think things got worse rather than better for a period of time. I'm not sure what it's like now. Yeah. Interesting how you can just have pocket pockets of economic uh depression mm. right next to another city that might be quite affluent and mm. why do people stay in the borders of <laughs> these things. Stay home. I know, but it's just strange. Mm. I mean, as someone who's sort of traveled around quite a lot, it, I guess I was like that before mm. I traveled. And then after that, it was sort of like just turning mm. up in Thailand tomorrow wouldn't be like a big deal to yeah. me. So mm. if there was an economic downturn here and I had to go and live there for some reason, I'd just go and do yeah. it. Yeah. I think people, it's sort of like an artificial boundary that people put around themselves. You didn't see a lot of the rest of Detroit. It was all pretty tightly done. There weren't a lot of different sort of. No, there weren't big city shots or anything. No. Rodders always talks about the uh, gentrification of places like the Detroit. How it's a, it's almost it's like a conspiracy thing where they think where wealthy people essentially willfully depress an area to bring the property prices mm. down. And then they go in and buy everything up while it's cheap. And then they build it back up again because they've got the wealth to uh, influence I think that infrastructure. I think that pattern occurs, but I'm not sure that it's quite that strategic. Not as, not as, yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to be, right? right. It would naturally happen because yeah. once the property yeah. prices go down, yeah. of course people are going to think, oh, I might invest in that. And if we put a mall there as well. But that was the best line in the movie when he, when he nailed his opponent in the grand final for being a private school. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that great? That was a great line. Now, did you notice in the movie when he got that information? Because it's very hard. It's quite a brief I moment. I didn't notice, no. No, there's a bit when he's talking to his friend. Oh, yeah. And there's that girl there who's this, uh, friends with the sister of Clarence, the, right. the free world guy. Um, so it's in the movie. It's not unmotivated. But when I first watched it, I hadn't seen it either. I had to watch it the second time to see that bit right. where he just gets, he's just overhearing a conversation, basically. Right. It's like you said, there's all this stuff going on in his head the whole mm. time. He's watching, he's listening, yeah. he's learning about everything yeah. he remembers. 
um, and eventually yeah, uses it to his advantage. Yeah. The, um, the other cool thing I love about the movie is um, when he's sitting on the bus with his writing book. Oh, yeah. And you can hear the song that plays at the end, but they strip back some of the uh, lyrics and the instruments. So it's like it's forming in his head, like the song is, as he's writing it, it's, mm. he's having ideas about what words would connect here and, mm. you know, working out sort of the mathematics of it. And uh, apparently he does have a little book like that in real life like well, he writes on napkins pretty and, messy writing yeah i wouldn't be able to read it no. but maybe that's part yeah. of his security yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah you can have all of my ideas but you know you're like not going to be able to do anything with that scattering the thoughts around on the page like confetti you know, like yeah mixing and matching them yeah i think but but eminem is sort of a um i mean I, it might sound a bit ridiculous if you don't like the music but i think he's a bit of a lyrical genius and the stuff that he does now is just so incredibly mm. <laughs> dominant. I mean, it's just amazing, mm. you know, and he's, it's almost embarrassing because he's the white guy doing black music. Yes, that's right. He shouldn't be the best, but he's, um, he's pretty well respected. I mean, mm. not everyone mm. thinks he's the best. A lot of people hate him as well, but mm. um, man, I, yeah, some of the stuff that he does and his vocal skills as well, the speed that he can rap and everything mm. is just um, amazing. I'll play you a song if you're interested. <laughs> I'll play you a yeah. Slim Shady one. You would hate that. Yeah. The Slim Shady songs, he just spent all his time, um, I don't know, making death threats against female celebrities and weird stuff like that. Oh, right. But um, you had to get it to get it, you know? Like when I first heard it, I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. A lot of people heard it and went, is he threatening Pamela Anderson? Did you find it a little bit... Obvious at times, uh, um, the, like the moment as I would use as, as an example is when he fist bumps with the bouncer who threw him out earlier. You remember that moment, mm. you know, just after he does his first Ooh. decent rap? I don't know. I just found that. Uh, and and it, I guess it's also partially, I know, I, you know, I've seen interviews with Curtis Hansen, the director, and he's a really nerdy white guy as well. And I, I just feel like he did a great job of portraying the culture and, and he obviously went in and he learned a lot and he listened mm. to Eminem about his life and whatever. But there were just a couple of bits that were just too nerdy white guy for me <laughs> where yeah. it was more Curtis Hansen probably than it was anything right. that really happened. It's like, oh, you've got to pay off that bouncer well, moment. That didn't bother me. Um, no. no, I just felt the story was well told and uh, we got it. That was the mm. main thing. Yeah, that's right. Weird required a few obvious bits but um, well it did it's it's i mean as as much as it tries to be gritty and it's really? handheld camera and all the lighting's realistic and stuff it's yeah. still a movie it's still cinematically told yeah and and it is a movie about a character who ultimately proved to have that that um, ability to capture people's attention and to uh, get them on side so I just felt it fitted with that. I mean, he half turned the bouncer guy around straight after he tried yeah, to probably. throw him around anyway. Yeah. It wasn't as if you showed the bouncer beating him one minute and fist pumping him the next. It was also about him accepting that he needed to do things for himself rather than wait for other people. So the first time he mm. met the bouncer, he got credibility yeah. by associating with his friend. As yeah. opposed to at the end, he he did it by being talented and it was 
winning the battle. That's really what the whole thing was about. He was yeah. he was gathering the confidence to basically be himself. I was very disappointed when I first saw the movie, knowing some of Eminem's career and stuff. I thought I was going to get some of him recording music or maybe maybe even just like finishing it with him in a concert with thousands of uh, people watching or something. And there was none of it. It gives you nothing about. Oh, no. They never never even reached it in the recording studio. No, he never they? even got there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I really appreciate it now. But mm. um, originally when I watched it, I was like, no, just at least at the end over the credits or something, yeah. just have him playing to 100,000 people and just show where it led. We know where it led, but I just, you just wanted a sort of visual confirmation that you know it could get that big well we sort of know where it led in 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 my case i don't really know no, i guess not where it led i've never seen him in concert i've heard um, bits of his songs on the radio that's it for me i like listening to his his recorded stuff i've never seen him live so i'm sure it'd be great but at the same time uh rap music in as it's recorded they can do a lot of stuff that's hard to do live yeah. So they have a simulation of it live, you know, like the the voices are layered over themselves. So, yeah. you know, when he's rapping, it's actually three or four of him, mm. three or four recordings layered over yes. each other. Yeah. He can't yeah. do that when it's just him and a no. microphone. So no. they get a couple of guys to come yeah. up and do the other bits. And it never quite sounds as good to me. And uh, yeah. people who love hip hop will hate me for saying it, but I just get more into putting earbuds in and listening to stuff on it. What's come out of the recording studio. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. But that's not where people get their credibility yeah. from yeah. in the culture. So. Kim was a pretty pathetic character. Yeah, so that's Kim Bassinger, yeah. Yeah. So did you recognize her? Uh, just. Yeah? Yeah, she was a pitiful um, person, if, a, if that was a depiction of his actual mother. Uh, well, the, the real-life stuff about his mother is probably a lot worse than that, if anything. Okay, yeah. I mean, um, he... He talks in his songs a lot about her um, taking little, pain pills and things uh, like that. Well, his little did. sister seemed remarkably undamaged by what was going on around her. Oh, let's see how she grows up after all that trauma. Maybe, but yeah, they had a drawing in a draw a coloring book all the time, and uh, she yeah. seemed to be doing some pretty good work. Let's look up Kim Bassinger. I'll tell you what she's been in, or what she's known for best. As I say, nine and a half weeks was her first breakout role okay so la confidential she was in the batman movies you wouldn't have seen those yeah there's not really that much that she's been in that you would have seen why do i know her name then well she's a pretty famous actress i yeah. mean i don't know she's just one of those people who's always kind of been a famous yeah. actress so i haven't seen her in that many things either when i think about it but mm. i saw her saw her in nine and a half weeks when i was quite young and impressionable and that's like a really erotic movie so that left an impression on me i wasn't bound to forget her no after that <laughs> she she did a very good trailer park mum. i thought well, <laughs> she played that part um, for someone who's generally quite glamorous i don't know a lot of trailer park mums, but i assume don't you she did <laughs> good trailer park mum. she was um a pathetic character. Maybe you should uh, try and associate yeah. with more trailer park mums. I mean, <laughs> get around a bit. Mm. I don't know that we have a lot of trailer park mums. Uh, I can't think really where I'd find one. 
we have some trailer parks out in the outer suburbs. Yeah, there is. That's, yeah. Basically, that's basically where I see myself ending up. But I was really <laughs> just ridiculing the fact that you're saying she's a typical trailer park. No, I mean, I, yeah, I, probably no, not. such a thing. She was someone who, who clearly wasn't in total control of her circumstances. And No, uh, yeah. That scene where she... A very um, weak, weak person. Exactly. Mm. That scene where she just turns around and says, what did you ever do with your yeah. life and all that? It's like... Yeah. Mother of the year, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I heard you chuckle a couple of times. Cheddar Bob got you going a couple of times, I believe. Uh, yeah, a I had little a couple, giggles couple there. of little chuckles, yeah. I don't think I had a laugh out loud moment, though. I heard you. I heard you. A little <laughs> chuckle, but still it was there. I find it pretty funny, that movie, but uh, yeah, not in no way is it comedic, but it's no. there's a couple of bits where they're obvious punchlines and mm. it's, it works for me. It's actually quite light, really. I mean, it's for it's it's one of those movies that walks that line where where it's um, dealing with very dark subject matter, but treats it quite lightly at the same time. So, I don't feel particularly depressed by the end of it. No, it's quite a hopeful movie in a lot of ways, and you know, you sort of figure hmm. quite. I mean, a lot of those people will probably never get out of Detroit, but you feel like the ones that you care about probably will. We don't want everyone to get out of Detroit anyway. You don't expect well, that. I don't mind. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, the, the, the um, rabbit was was different from yeah the rest of them. He was clearly someone who was going to work out how to do it. Mm. The majority weren't. Mm. Yeah. Even even his friend there, the the host of the competition at the end, future. Yeah. Yeah, well, even he, um, he tried to hop onto his coattails a bit and and um, got told, no, I'm going to do it by myself. Well, you got the impression that meant he wouldn't get out either. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, there's there's actually real history there. and, and hmm, Well, I'm just um, speculating, but yeah. that's, the impression, no, fact, that's the impression it gave me. Eminem recently did a song uh, essentially apologizing for not getting them all out. So okay. I, I think he tried, though, quite a lot. He mm-hmm. formed a side group called D12 and he had a yeah. lot of his friends come in and join and then he gave them all solo albums and he produced the albums and uh, his other, um, the, the guy that produced his albums, Dr. Dre, who's a very famous mm-hmm. hip-hop producer, um, helped out and, you know, I mean, it was all, he did what he could, mm. but I don't know if um, they shone quite as brightly. I mean, I liked the D12 stuff, but I always loved Eminem's stuff a lot more. Well, he's still able to get them out if he was. Well, he could just give them money. <laughs> he's, he's not exactly yeah. ancient yet. No, that's right. Yeah, no, he's not. Uh, he's not over the hill or anything. No, he's still doing it. Yeah. He keeps keeps coming back. He's classic mm. for saying in his in his song, you know, his opening lines being, uh, you know, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> it's like, as far as I was concerned, you didn't go anywhere. But okay, uh, yeah, you're back uh, again. <laughs> All right, what are you doing now? Would you re- recommend it to others? I'd recommend it to people who I feel would be interested in that type of music. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I probably wouldn't need to recommend it to them. No. Um, They'd be recommending it to you probably the other way around. Probably not. No? No. But if you if you because got Because I, I, I don't... Um, I, I would certainly comment to someone that I'd found it interesting, so that may lead them to take it as a recommendation. I don't think yeah. I would say it's a movie you've got to see. 
No, no, it's not. Uh, it's not a star is born, is it? It's not. Uh, it's not just. No, you, you'll get through life and you'll get through most social conversations without having seen. Unless you happen uh, to be talking to someone but, who's into that sort of music. If you're talking about the subject of that culture, mm. and if you're talking about the subject in particular of the social setting of Detroit and and um, uh, the immense bleakness of the landscape there and the hopelessness of um, of people getting ahead there, it would be uh, a good example to bring up. Yeah, exactly. So, well, so, that's why I would So recommend... I can imagine myself mentioning it to people and talking mm. about it. A slightly different thing from recommending it that may lead them to go and watch it. But, yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know. I just think it it's it portrays uh, a, a group of people in a culture and and a, and a moment in time and an uh, an area that is very easy to dismiss and mm. and lives in myth and assumption. I think generally. And I always talk to people about rap music and stuff, and I'm I'm no expert, and I'm not the type mm. of person who has any credibility when it comes to the topic. But I I really like bringing up the fact that the art form of rap is a form; it can be used to say any words, and that it doesn't necessarily like people say, "Oh, rap crap! I hate that music." Well, you don't have to hate rap; you can hate every individual song that's ever been produced under the moniker of being a rap song if you want to but the form itself shouldn't be dismissed because it can be something that can actually be quite good uh, many people like me would would uh, feel it's unattractive because of the disgusting nature of the language and the subject matter that that is is used some of the time and we just can't you know i just don't want to sit around listening to that yeah um, it doesn't matter what point they're making; it's pretty much irrelevant. I just don't want to listen oh. to it in that form. Yeah. But, but where where the words are clever mm. and um, where they uh, have some melodic, um, um, you know, appeal to them as well, mm. um, I could listen to that. Mm. It's it's the it's the it's it's sitting there feeling you're going to be assaulted by something really disgusting in the next line. That, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's probably why, you know, you don't. Yeah. See, I, I, I feel a sense of delight in yeah. that possibility. Or sitting in an audience and feeling you'll be insulted any minute too. That's, but I, I just think know. people dismiss the artists in the same way that they dismiss the music. And I don't think it's fair because I think all artists uh, expressing well, usually pain or, or at least you know, some form of suffering or ideas. And they put their work out there and they express themselves in certain ways because that's what's culturally acceptable from where they're from or if the, that's how yeah. they like to express themselves for whatever reason. But they have an audience. They have appeal to a, an audience. What's the problem? I don't know. I it's just not think, about being fair. I mean, you, no, can't, it's, it's you about, can't force people to like something just because, uh, no, no, no. because I'm not trying to force people. it's artistic. No, I'm trying to. I'm yeah. trying to say people should try to appreciate other people that are from different cultures and the differences because I think that's hard to do. Uh, growing up in Australia, I was a little bit lucky because I was exposed to a lot of cultures. So, just by default, just by having to having a group of friends that were just from all over the place, it was quite weird. But um, that's I think the it's the nature of the Australia you grew up in. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I just want I want a world where when the news says 
all Iranians are crazy and they're trying to create a nuclear weapon and they're going to bomb us all. I, I would like a world where people go, you know what? That's just, that can't be true because my understanding of humanity is, well, that is not an entire country can be crazy that, that is and psychopathic. That is the world as it is. I can assure you that myself and the vast majority of people do uh, not believe Iran is is um, any such thing. Well, I don't know who you, who you speak for, maybe in your circles, but I can tell you I've, I've, I won't name names, but I've had a, that example is a real example that came from a very intelligent friend. He said, all Iranians are crazy and they want to kill us. And I said, if you believe that, there's something wrong with you, not them, <laughs> you know, because there is no population that can be generalized in that way. It's impossible. There might mm. be um, a psychopathic government at the moment or something like I that. That can happen. They've but, probably watched Back to the Future too often. That's possible. Yeah. The Libyan terrorists, though, they yeah. were, yeah. But um, yeah, I just think, you know, a movie like that, experiencing another culture, that's probably why I would recommend people watch it. I know not everyone's going to enjoy it, mm. but I think they'll get an understanding of stuff that there's not very, that they just wouldn't get exposed to otherwise. You have to go out of your way to sort of understand it, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can say I agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, we've solved the problems of the world. So yeah. I guess um, yeah. you, you owe us a score then. Well, it's a story well told. As a piece of cinema, I don't think it had a lot of distinguishing features. It was just well done. I'd give it a seven. Hmm. Seven's higher than I thought you'd give it. Maybe six to seven anyway. We'll call it a six and a half to a seven. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a, certainly um, a good, strong pass. Well, you say in some of the others that they didn't have a message. At least this one had a message, even if it was a little on the ham-fisted side at times. Yeah. It was a pretty clear one, yeah. or basically scream from a rooftop if, yeah. if there's a cinematic equivalent of that. So, no, the the whole setting fascinated me from the start. So that grabbed me, and uh, then the personal story sort of developed more more slowly. The right. interest in that, yeah. Uh, but uh, eventually, I could see what 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 the point was. Yeah, it is a slow burn movie. I don't think it's mm. in any hurry at all. It's yeah. a very simple story. There's yeah. not a lot to cover, but it just does it. Yeah. I think it does it just right. You know, there's yeah. a couple of bits where you yeah. go, yeah, come on, get on with it. But yeah, yeah generally it's uh, it's pretty well paced, mm. I suppose. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Thanks for watching it with me. No, my pleasure. I'm pretty happy with the six to seven. I, I'll, I'll take that any day <laughs> yep. right. for a movie like that. Okay. All right, I'll try and be a bit kinder to you next time. Just don't give me M&M tickets for my birthday or anything like No, that. I wasn't planning to. They're, they're really expensive anyway. I can't afford okay. that shit. Right. <laughs> All right, I'll see you next time, Dad. Oh.